Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 766, recorded live on July 1st, 2023. And here are your hosts, the man who knows of the known unknown, Dave Pillay. Yes. And the man who's going to spring some unknown unknowns on him, Andy Lowe. But once... Once you spring the unknown unknown, it becomes a known unknown. Yes, but right now you have no idea what the unknown unknowns are. So, remember. Does it have to do with a can of some sort? Yes. Does it have to do with the choice between two cans? Yes, but there is some Is one wild. of them papaya? No. Is one so, of them guava? No, no, guava was last week. Is one of them mango? No. Dragon fruit? <laughs> no. Pomegranate. No, no. Okay, so last week was guava or the purple one, which was passion fruit. But we can go, we can go with the passion fruit, or we can basically let's make a deal and go behind curtain number two. What's behind curtain number two? Is that what you're going to pick? Sure. All right. Well, you gotta. We got. We gotta. Can you pick curtain? Actually, curtain one or curtain two? What? There's actually two of them. There's two curtains. Yes. Screw it. I'm going back to my the, the first thing. You want me to go with the Mountain Dew? Screw your curtains. <laughs> okay, we'll leave those until next. Make life take the lemons back. One of them is actually lemon flavored, supposedly. I don't need your damn lemons. <laughs> oh. oh, Portal 2. What was the That's line? such a good lemons? rant. It's such a good rant. Yep, this is... When life gives you lemonade... When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make, like, take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What the hell are these? What the hell am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. (laughs) I'm going to get my engineers to invest a combustible lemon that burns your house down. was such like the, the story of that game was just so silly <clears throat> like completely 100% absurd but it fit cuz you're in a yeah. you're, playing, you're playing a game that is completely absurd where you're just sitting there going wait how am i supposed to do this again i mean it was a really good game yeah so yeah passion fruit punch is what i'm drinking now how is passion fruit punch wait is it passion fruit punch or is it passion fruit punch Passion fruit punch. Oh, lame. What would be a passion fruit punch? Punch. I don't know. <laughs> but it sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, and I've been sitting here so long, my flux turned back on. So we'll disable it's that. It's like a, I don't know, probably like a horny Hawaiian punch. <laughs> what was that thing that the people always, it's <laughs> Spanish fly? <laughs> What? Isn't that a thing? I don't remember. I don't know because I don't know what context you're approaching this thing. I talk about horny fruit punch and you're like, oh, Spanish flies. What? A curious name for an extract of blister beetles since the beetles are not flies, nor are they Spanish. Huh. So the Spanish fly is not Spanish nor a fly. And is of relevance to the discussion at hand how? 
Because it was used to be thought of as an aphrodisiac. I repeat. <laughs> well, where know, I, where does the fruit punch come in, Andy? Well, I was thinking of fruit flies, and then I went to switch to Spanish flies because we were talking about a horny fruit punch. So that's when the that's that. Why were you thinking about fruit flies when we were talking about passionate fruit punch? Because I, I don't know. I work in mysterious ways. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> I just realized I didn't tell you what the random topic was, so I'm just going to send it to you. <laughs> just let it be a surprise. Random topic. Horny fruit punch. What? <laughs> How? <clears throat> oh, so how's your 4th of July weekend? Loud. I can hear the fireworks. I can probably see the fireworks, actually, if I, like, open this window up and turn off all my screens. It might actually have just finished, because it's, like, 10 and 08 here. Mm. So, you know, they'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, there was there was a bunch of rain tonight, mm-hmm. so luckily that had... A dampening effect. A, a literally dampening, yeah. Get it? Yep. Nope, Get it? Good. Yep. Ah, if only that were intentional. I didn't think of it till after I said it. <laughs> um. So it wasn't that bad. Both the kids, I think, are down, so that's good. We we took them to a new um indoor play place that had opened up a couple of weeks ago. Actually, probably by now, a couple of months ago. It's one of those things where they're like, you know, oh yeah, we're we're gonna open up in twenty at the end of twenty twenty two. The end of twenty two two came and went, and then they months, weren't open. Yep, months and months and, and months. Half of twenty twenty three, and they finally open. When Almost did, exactly half, right? Because J- June is the last month of the first half. Yeah. When did they open? April twenty second. Okay. So start of May, basically, is when they opened. So so not too bad. No. But yeah, no, we took them to an indoor play place because we're just like. You know, with the with the weather the way it's been, they have been not allowed to go outside at daycare. Oh, because the air qualities yep. sucked. Yes. Yeah. Heck, I went out during <laughs> during that, and I'm even just like just outside for a bit. I'm just like, no, but I don't want to do this. This is not good. My my team lead tried to play golf. He said he got seven holes, and then he had to just stop and go home. Yeah, we were bad here. One of the days we were at, we were updating the radios at Fort Custer. Why the Army National Guard is using our radios, I don't know. I don't ask. I just was told to report to Fort Custer and update their radios. (laughs) Well, these radios were normally used on the um, firing ranges that are there, which they actually had to shut some of the ranges down, not because of the well, you know, probably because of the air quality, but they couldn't actually see the long distance targets because of the haze. Like line of sight. Yeah. <clears throat> there was too much Oops. particulates in the air, so you couldn't actually get the visibility distance to actually see the long range targets. The you know, the air quality was secondary to the military, but yeah, no, they it's like if you can't see where you're shooting, let's not fire the weapons then. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, nope. I'm definitely liking the guava better than this. I, I have no sympathy for you. Ah, what the? Why? Stop. <laughs> Phone. Just random bullshit. 
is putting it on the charger and all of a sudden it starts playing audio. Andy, you're missing a topic. I'm missing a topic? What am I missing? You're missing a topic. This is an incredibly important topic, and I cannot believe that you did not put it on. They found the original recording of the Wilhelm scream. What? They found the original Wilhelm scream from the sound booth recording session. Oh, oh, so like not even from the movie, like literally. Like the thing that was laid into the movie. Wow. Oh, yep, there it is. That's okay. They found it. It was about to be thrown out. Oh, jeez. It was apparently with a bunch of, like, uh, student work. <sighs> it's kind of ridiculous that, you know, the the the, the, the I was going to say the TV industry, but even just the TV and the movie industry. And video games. And video games. Just the the lack of you know archival stuff oh yeah yeah well cuz like andy how many hundreds of hours of audio footage not even footage of audio recording is there for sound effects oh ridiculous even just for the radio stations they're not going to like detail archive all of those no and if the wilhelm scream hadn't gotten picked up by like a trio of sound audio engineers who yep. thought it was funny as hell. <clears throat> yeah, it's one of those things we wouldn't have, you know, known about it unless, yeah, somebody made it uh, made it a thing. Yep. It was just like that, um, I was talking to somebody about that, uh, the Magic the Gathering one ring card has been found. Uh, I, I saw that. So, for those who don't know, Magic the Gathering is a trading card game. And Wizards of the Coast made a one ring card because they're doing a Lord of the Rings crossover pack right now. So they made a one ring card, but they literally made one. One of it. One card in existence. Put it and in they a put ring. it in some random booster pack. Yep. <clears throat> and it has just been found. And immediately sealed in a, like, special card sleeve thing, mm -hmm. minted. Which is funny, though, because one of the other rating groups basically said, like, look, if you find this card, bring it to us to be rated. We will give you plane tickets. You can fly to our building. We will have a special case made for it. We'll have a whole bunch. They had, like, a whole bunch of special things. They're like, as long as you let us rate your card you get x y and z and it was rated and sealed by an entirely different company and it's just like really you you didn't want to get all the fancy stuff and there's already somebody out there who wants to pay like two million dollars for it and so we were discussing wow. some people about you know what is the right time if the, if you, you know this card was in your hand would you hold on to it or would you sell it and my thought was it'd sell it i'd immediately sell it Yes, a sell it immediately. It is such, you know, a... There's no reason for me to hold on to that card. No. It's one of those things where, like, is that going to get more valuable? No. It might. You know, it's part of me was like, oh, the Beanie Babies, fads, and heck, even the um, the iPods. When the iPod Classic was... Um, when the iPod Classic was discontinued, I bought a couple of them because Kate wanted, you know, a spare one for hers. So I got her a spare one. And then I picked up a couple other ones and I immediately 
sold them and for a decent amount above market price because that's what the market, you know, somebody was willing to pay for it. I put it on an eBay with an, you know, no reserve, no max bid. So somebody was willing to pay that amount for it. But now, like looking at them on eBay, it's the prices are just meh. Those things, so it's like, Fewer yeah. People need them. Yep. But, you know, at that, that rush, right, when, oh, shoot, I need to get, you know, there are no more. I need to get one right now. I will pay a, a hefty price above market value for it. But now, yep, now it's, eh, whatever. And all I can say is the fact that the first Super Bowl video does not exist anymore because the TV companies didn't think they needed to keep it. And for me, that's all about archiving and historical things that I can just talk about with the media. Yeah, but at the same time, like, there's a lot of things that just don't need to get archived. There, there are a lot of things that don't need to get archived, yes. I can look at Facebook and Twitter and be like, yeah, why, why I don't need to search all this. We don't need this to exist in perpetuity. Nope. So, yeah. So that was a bit random, but that's the podcast for you. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. Um, oh, speaking of something else that's getting... legal? What? Is this card even, like, legal play? Like, there's no power and toughness on it. I presume it's an artifact, but, like, the Well, you the can't words play it for it, it now elvish. because it's... it's it's in a case now, so it's not playable anymore. Yeah. Or Dark Elvish? Uh, what, what is it, the language of Mordor? Oh. You're talking to somebody who still has not gotten through the entire Lord of the Rings series. The Black Speech, also known as the Dark Tongue of Mordor. Ashnags Durbatuluk. Ashnags. I love that this thing that I found has has it written in the black speech, has it transliterated to English, and has it translated, not transliterated, but translated into Japanese. <laughs> this is the Rosetta Stone of the black speech. One ring to rule them all. Well, speaking of yeah. things disappearing. Go for it. Uh, the original Call of Duty Warzone, which was Call of Duty's version of, I think, PUBG, because when did it came out? It came out in 2000, came out in 2020. 2020. So I'm trying to think if that was before Fortnite was big or... No, PUBG was pre-pandemic. Was Fortnite pandemic or... Fortnite was pre-pandemic by like a while. Yeah, Fortnite initial release was 2017. Well, that's the regular Fortnite, not the Fortnite Battle Royale. Okay. PUBG Battlegrounds PUBG. is 2017. Right. So Fortnite would have been 2018. Okay. I don't think they waited that long. So, okay, so the Call of Duty version of that is shutting down? Well, the, the first one that was released in 2020. The first one? Yes. So they made more. Yes, they made a this uh, Call of Duty Warzone was the original name of it. <clears throat> it. Was a free to play battle royale game that you didn't actually need to buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare um, to play it. To play it, yes. So this was their standalone game, and then they came out with Warzone Two. When did they come out with Warzone Two? <clears throat> 
2022 came out with um, Warzone 2, and then they changed the name of the original Call of Duty Warzone. But now they've decided that they're just going to shut down the original Call of Duty Warzone, and they're just going to focus entirely on Warzone 2.0. Okay. So three years. Three yeah. years in Call of which is, you know, heck, I played the Harry Potter game. That was less than three years. Um, Niantic's Harry Potter game? Yes. Did that... That was less than three years? I think so. Oh my god, Niantic. Oh, they're on our topic list, by the way. Niantic is? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Yeah, when did that start? Initial release date, June 21st, 2019. And then January 2022 is when it shut down. So yeah, less than three years. Crappy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, so Warzone 2 is still around, but still... Call of Duty is like, nope, we're we're done with this one. We're going to focus on future Call of Duty content, including the current Warzone free-to-play experience. Hmm. So. Yep. So do you want to talk about Niantic or no? Yeah! Okay, so they have announced that they are laying off about 230 people. Holy crap! They're going to be closing their L.A. office. They said that in the wake of the revenue surge we saw during COVID, we grew our headcount and related expenses in order to pursue growth more aggressively, expanding existing game teams, our AR platform work, new game projects and roles that support our products and our employees. But post-COVID, our revenue returned to pre-COVID levels and new projects and games and platforms have not delivered revenues, uh, have not delivered revenues consumerate with those investments. We spread too far and too fast. And now we've decided that um, we need to cut back. So, they've, yeah, they're killing um, NBA All World, which was released in January. <laughs> so that didn't even last, like, six months. Yep. They were in development for Marvel World of Heroes. That one's not even... It was supposed <laughs> to launch this year. That's that was, So that's not even out... But they're canning it. Yep. Um, they're going to continue to do Pinkman Bloom, Peridot, and Monster Hunter. But um, uh, App Magic said that Pokemon Go, their estimated April revenue was $34.7 million, which was the lowest m- monthly total in five years. Still a lot of money. Yes, still $34.7 million for revenue. But still, that's the lowest amount of for, revenue. Not not just for revenue, for a month. Yes. And Niantic is claiming that this information is incorrect and that they are actually making even more money. Well, their revenue is up over the same period of 2022, though it did not dispute that April had been a down month for the game. Yeah. They are well, going to basically... They introduce their bullshit... Um, Distance raid pass price increase. I will take your word for it. Granted, <laughs> um, I'm actually I can glance over and see Pokemon trading cards from where I'm oh, sitting. Really? Yes. Um, because I guess that's a dangerous slippery slope, my friend. Yeah, Isaac had gotten some from daycare. And he was so, curious about them, and so we went to we were we were walking down the aisles at Costco, and Costco had like a pencil box, a lunch box, and like five booster packs. Yep. 
So we're like, okay, well, let's. So when we go to downtown Manassee to play Pokemon Go, should we bring Isaac with us? Well, he, I don't, I don't, I've, I've been thinking, we've been trying to get him out more, but like I said, the weather this week has just been. Yeah, this, this week has not been a great week for going out. No. Um, so, you know, possibly trying to get him into Pokemon Go, but right now he's still gnashing his teeth on Minecraft. Okay. So. Because I'll tell you who we have managed to get into Pokemon Go is Beth and Bry. I see. So <laughs> just a heads up <laughs> that when we're in Manistee, there will likely be multiple times through the week where we're just like, we're just going to go walk the main street and spin stops and get gyms. Well, we can. And I think there's a community day while we're out there. I don't, I don't know. So like, that's a definite, like, that's what we'll probably be doing that day is going downtown for community day. Something just randomly fell over. Don't know what it was. Um, the, the problem I see, though, is can I get it installed on his Kindle Fire? I don't know. Because that's that's the, the one thing I did is I got Minecraft installed on his Kindle Fire so he can just pull it up and play with it. I'm still getting the, the Bedrock server installed downstairs. Got to run some new Ethernet down there. Um, but I've got it on my laptop, too, and I've been... Um, dying repeatedly, which was kind of surprising that first day. You've been dying in what? Minecraft Bedrock ah, Edition. What is the Bedrock Edition? The Bedrock Edition. The, so the Minecraft originally was all Java based, right? Yes. Well, after he got bought by Microsoft, Microsoft wanted to expand it, so they um, started to, you know, write things for other platforms and the right. Java-based version just wouldn't wouldn't port Run. over easily. But but Java runs on over 12 million devices. Well, Microsoft decided to go a different route and I had to sign in with my gamer tag and all the other fun stuff. Okay. So the only way that I could interact with his Android version of Minecraft is if I did Bedrock, which is their, you know, the bigger cross-platform one. It's got more, it's got more walls up. It's got more walls? Yes. It's, it's less open and free. You can still, you know, connect to servers, but they really want you to connect to these realms that, you know, you have to pay a subscription per month to access. Ugh. Yeah. Do not like. Nope. But yeah, I've been I've been playing that version, and there've been a couple of times. Well, the first time I loaded it up, I spawned in the middle of a desert, and I'm like, I'm not starting like this. I'm not going to try. And I tried to get out of the desert before the first night because you know I need something to protect myself. You know, I need I need wood to make a crafting table, and there's no wood in the desert. None. No, there's cacti. Not even like a fallen tree. Nope. It's just cacti and sand. And uh, that first night, after 10 minutes, first night happened. There were zombies. There were skeletons. There was a witch. I died. And I'm like, you know what? I I don't like this world. So I'm I'm on world number three right now. Okay. So I need to are, get into things, Minecraft at some point. Things are, things are getting better. Mm-hmm. I've just been mining, and I think I've gotten down to an ancient city which I don't know what that means. Um, 
but that's what the um, the wiki is telling me for the types of minerals that I'm finding. So we'll see how it goes. But yes, that's my that's my new try it out for Isaac game. Okay. But maybe well, if he if sees he, you guys, he he's he's definitely got the FOMO sometimes. So if he sees you guys all yeah. playing it, then maybe. But yeah, it will. I mean, just all ha- four of us are going to be playing it. I just got to figure out some way of getting it on his fire. Which um, there's probably Rye has a second phone for his nibblings. We may be able to just bring that. I don't want to volunteer it, uh, but you know it that exists. Oh, you can install it through the Google App Store and get Poco that way. So do that yeah. way. I just have to. Which is to say, he's already done. Like we have a, a spare account. Well, I've got the Google Play Store on his Kindle Fire because that's how I got oh, YouTube on there. Yeah, then you can just install it through that. Yeah, so I'll just install it through that, and then I can just tether that to my phone like I do all the time with his small screen. Yep. Anytime we're on a long car ride. I God, I hate to be one of those parents, but man, it makes life so much easier. What, tethering the phone? Well, just giving him a, a tablet to, to play with oh. in the car during the <laughs> long car rides. So I, I will tell you, I have uh, I have some friends who were like super, super careful about any screen time with their kids. Like from when they were infants, yeah, they Hans. were careful Hans to like, like that. Yeah, to like make sure the kids are facing away from television screens. Car rides are the exception. So don't feel bad about yep. car rides. Well, no, it was just, it was sort of like that when we took Isaac on the airplane was, you know, we had a whole bunch of stuff there and we had kind of like the, the levels of toys where he'd start out very simple, you know, and if he got bored with that done, then we'd bring out another, you know, level of toys and we'd get some snacks in there and kind of like a progression of stuff there. But by the time the plane back from North Carolina to Detroit that last little bit, we literally ran out of things to do. And so I just <laughs> turned my phone on, you know, got to the YouTube Kids app and just, you know, gave it to Isaac to play with, sitting there watching, you know, simple songs and that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, we can do this, can't we? <laughs> you know, and they not feel bad about it. Yeah, they still have, you know, they still have their little drawing tablets. They have books. They have other stuff there, but, you know. Isaac is just sitting there watching people do Minecraft speed runs or doing some of these crazy builds that people are doing. Yeah. Yep, there's a there's a walkthrough here. It's, hey, this is how you install Google Play Store, and this is how you install Pokemon Go. Well, yeah, I can do that. Yay. So. And you could put it on your phone, and then we could all play. Yeah. I mean, all being the four of us, the two of you, because... Kate and Megan aren't playing. No. I'm presuming. Probably not, yeah. They're welcome to join us. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kate would be very interested in it. Um, all right, so other things shutting down. Did you did more, we talk more about things pro- shutting down? Yeah, did you did we ever talk about Project Iris? Project Iris. I R I S? Yes. It doesn't I think so? No. I'm looking at this. No, we never talked about it. Okay, so there was Google Glass, right? And then that okay glass yeah the glass bombed and yeah yeah so in the same the, way that apple pro vision is going to and it'll be yep. hilarious 
Well, there was there was Google Glass that left, and there was supposed to be a second glass that also didn't work. And so Project Iris, which was the start of January of last year, is when details of Project Iris started to come out. And that, you know, this was going to be Google's mixed reality glasses, this, you know, the consumer ones. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's come out recently that basically Project Iris is done. Oh, no. Oh, how terrible. Yeah, another um, mixed reality. Another thing for the graveyard. Yes. But um, it seems that most of the prototypes that were shown when the rumor mill started last year were actually for Google's AR partnership with Samsung. So that might actually still be in the works. A Google partnership with Samsung? Samsung and Qualcomm to make a mixed reality platform. My guess is Samsung and Qualcomm are actually going to handle the hardware. Google, Google will handle, handle the, the software. software. That could. That could. I, there's still going to be a problem of people don't want to wear goddamn glasses like that. Well, I don't know. Is the Apple effect going to take hold? Are people going to spend the... $3,500 on those crazy Apple goggles? I can't imagine $3,500 being a successful price point. Google was talking about $1,000 for glass. And glass let you actually see outside. Yep. The, the Apple one is like, you aren't actually seeing outside. It's fully enclosed your eyes. You're seeing a video of the outside, and when people look at your eyes on the on the outside, it's a screen. It's not actually your eyes. It's ugh, so weird. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so the Project Iris is dead before we even knew it was alive. Yeah, like Project Iris is dead. Long live Project Iris. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. What else? Well, we've got some more people who um, are adopting the North American Charger standard. USB-C? No, the Tesla. Oh, no, these are cars. Yeah, these are the Tesla plugs. Oh, okay. So, so more, it, started, it started with more Ford. More doing Tesla. Yep, yeah, then so GM. it started then GM, then Rivian, <laughs> then Volvo. So those are the manufacturers who have already signed up. This time was two of the charging networks announced that they're going to add support for the Tesla-style plugs. This is why Tesla's stock has been going up. Yes. Blink said on Wednesday that they're integrating the standard into its Level 2 and DC fast chargers. And then on the 29th, is that Thursday? Come on, calendar. Think, geez, OP. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday, um, Electrify America announced that they are going to be adding the plugs to their charging stations. Well, crap. So, Electrify America. But, like, Electrify America is the one that VW uses? Yes. I think, or BMW? No, no. Volkswagen. Yeah. uh, Electrify America is partially owned by Volkswagen. Yeah. But they are the largest non-Tesla charging network in the U.S. And they have basically said, yep. We'll go with this standard. Yep. So does that mean all future EVs are going to use this plug? Probably. Like, are we reaching that point where everyone's just like, yep, this is going to be it. So all the Ford cars, all the GM cars, they'll all have the same plug as Tesla cars. Mm-hmm. 
which means they will have to pay Tesla for every single like car that they sell. Well, they Tesla opened the the standard the standard back in November, and that's when they renamed oh, it the North American okay. Charging Standard. I still think that's a little presumptuous. Well, but apparently, it's been gaining ground. Yeah. Heck, the uh, SAE is actually going to be working to make it an official standard within the next six months. Well, that'll be nice. Yep. So wait a minute. If everyone's going to the standard, and they're going to the standard because Tesla said, hey, we aren't charging anyone for the standard, why is the stock going up? Because people don't listen to the whole story. They go, oh, everybody's joining up on Tesla's connectors. Tesla's doing something good. The the thought, though, is the fact that, you know, the supercharger network is still technically, you know, for Teslas. But if everybody's got the same plugs, how hard would it be for Ford to go to Tesla and be like, hey, how much do we need to pay you to get all the Ford vehicles to use your charging network to use your charging network? Yeah. So, you know, we'll pay you to use, you know, have our vehicles on your network. All of our clients are going to pay you for, you know, the electricity that they purchase from you. It's a win-win situation for you. So all of a sudden, Tesla is not in the business of selling cars. They're in the business of selling gas stations. They're turning into selling gas stations. They are the gas station. They are the gas station. They're the mobile. They're the Exxon. They're the shell. Don't Gener- know ge- how I feel about all that. <laughs> you know, they would have those giant Tesla grid batteries set up. The- Tesla will become an energy company. Don't know how I feel about that. So, yep, that's uh, lots of lots of dominoes are falling. Yep, I mean, good for them. Hey, the the less standards the better, in my opinion, if that makes sense. The, the, I, I don't think that's what you actually intend it to be. I'm d- it's not the fewer standards, the better. It's the more condensed the standards, the yes. better. Yes, that would be the more condensed the standards, the better. I there have- should be many standards. Yes. Things should have standards, but you don't want things to have many different standards. Yes. So I... I I'm working with radios now, right? And so I presume so. Yes. So That's I talked to your specialty. Yes. Um so there are people who, you know, radio waves are radio waves. It doesn't matter, you know, who puts, you know, the stuff on the radio waves. So there are multiple radio manufacturers out there that are on our network. So I've got some Kenwood stuff, I've got some Motorola stuff, I've got some other off-brand stuff. Remember back in the day where every single cell phone had a its own unique charging cable? Yes. It's yes, like I that do. for the commercial radios too, it seems. That I, sucks. I've got a bin of cables just because, oh, this one goes to the Motorola ATX, and then this one goes to the Motorola Astros, and this one goes to this, and this one goes to the Kenwoods, and this one goes to the Taints, and this one... So you have to... You have to actually track all of them and like write down. I've got labels, you know, little flags on each of the cables going, okay, this is for this model and this model and this model. And then this one's for this Because it would suck to like pull it off and then lose which thing goes where. Yes. Because then I just have a box of random cables, but it's still, it was just like, my gosh, this is getting ridiculous. 
Luckily, in theory, the next version of the Motorola radios are just going to have a USB-C connector on them. Nice. So none of this wackadoodle pin to serial to USB sort of stuff. It's just going to have the USB-C and you just plug it in and then all is good. It's like, you know, this would have been good 10 years ago, but I'll just accept it for what it is. The future looks bright. That's good. Um, let's see, some space news. Uh, spa- speaking of Musk, SpaceX launched the Euclid Telescope for the European Space Agency because the Europeans still don't have their own rocket up and running yet. I mean, they they have some rockets. They launched the web. Well, yes, but th- that was basically the last ones. If I remember correctly, that was like the last of six launches that the Europeans had capacity for. That they had rockets for? Yep. God damn. Oh, okay, here we go. The Euclid mission was originally slated to launch on a Soyuz rocket from French Guiana, but that option... That's be- probably not happening. Yeah, the option became unavailable after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Yep. So Everyone else probably saying, uh, no. Well, the backup option is the Ariane 6 rocket, which has been delayed, as we've talked about on this po- podcast. Um, so that forced the ESA to hitch a ride on SpaceX. Hire, hire a private company. Yep. So the launch went well, I presume? Yes. Yep. Went off Good. without a hitch. Falcon Heavy? Uh, Falcon 9, actually. Just a Falcon 9? Just a Falcon 9, yeah. Small telescope. Yeah, it's uh spacecraft measures about 15 feet tall. Uh, it is one-fifth, if I read this right, the uh, one-fifth the size of James Webb. Excuse me. Where are they putting it? If it's a Falcon 9, it's got to be, like, close to Earth. Um. Oh, it looks like it's going to be at L2. Okay. L2 is the one... Where James Webb is behind at. Behind Earth. Lagrange points. I can never remember the order of Lagrange points. Yeah, L2 is where the web is. Yep. That's a long-ass way away. <laughs> Didn't it take the web, like, a month to travel out there? Uh, yep, it will take about a month for Euclid to get out there, following three months of checkouts, first flight and calibration... Euclid should be ready to start its science mission in October, which this okay. one is all about dark energy Ooh. and dark matter. Things that are very important once we figure out what they are. Yes. The uh, telescope. Hey, we measured the universe and we measured how much mass there is in the universe, and it's not behaving the way we expect it to. Are you sure you got all the mass? Well, we're pretty sure we got all the mass, unless there's, like, some other weird kind of mass out there that, like, we can't detect, but still has an effect. Like, maybe it's dark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that. Maybe it's just, it's as dark as the rest of space and we couldn't see it. The, uh, a professor in Netherlands (laughs) says, here's my analogy. It's very difficult to find a black cat in a dark room, especially if there's no cat. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yes, that's his that's his analogy for what they're trying to do with this telescope. Just, just figure out is there a cat in the room? Yes. 
the uh, telescopes, it, like I said, is one fifth the size of James Webb. Um, so it's mm-hmm. not going to be able to see as far as Webb or Hubble did, but basically they're going to be able to scan more of the sky. They said that in a week, they will be able to cover the same area of the sky that Hubble has observed in 33 years. Oh my God. <laughs> the march of technology. Yeah, so they, they're not going to be able to pinpoint, you know, as but they much. Could, they could find something of a maybe. Yes. And then, like, try and sneak some time in the web. They're just basically just going to scan repeatedly and just compare and just yeah. try and see if they can notice the, any sort of variations. I mean, I know the web has, like, 30 years of missions planned, but if they find something and they're like, we're pretty sure, like, we need a, a more detailed picture of this, hey, let's just point the web at it. Maybe. Possibly. Right? I don't know. All I know is, have I you mean, seen... I mean, they're taking pictures of the goddamn planets with the James Webb Telescope. <laughs> I was going to say, have you seen the picture of Saturn? Because... It's gorgeous. Yes. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is a friggin' waste of a telescope. <laughs> Jupiter's pictures look crazy. Saturn looks great. We build the most powerful telescope so far. Leagues beyond anything else we've made. Able to see to the edge of the observable universe. Galaxies where the light reaching us left billions of years ago. And they use it to take pictures of the planets. Do you know why they were taking pictures of the planets? Probably because they were in the way. No. Why? They are trying to figure out if they can detect moons. In our planets? Well, no, just for... Because, like, know, you, can, you can look. If you get a good enough telescope, you can see Jupiter's moons. Yes, but they're trying to basically part of the program to test the telescope's ability to detect faint moons. And we know there are a lot of moons around Saturn. It's currently up to 146, which was higher than even the last couple of videos that I had. So I thought it was still in the two digits for the Saturn, but it looks like there's 146 moons around Saturn. So they thought, hey, that's a good test bed to see how well we can find these moons. Let's just point it at Saturn and see. But like, we know there are moons. Well, yeah, I know. We know there are moons, so they're going to... Are we trying to detect moons on the exoplanets? I don't know. That part I don't know. Because that's a long-ass way away. Like, we can only detect the exoplanets by what they do to their stars. Yeah, trying to figure out if there's a moon there, too. Right. So, like, I'm still a little confused about why they want to use the James goddamn Webb telescope as a moon detector. I just love that the web is unable to observe our moon because it is too bright for the James Webb telescope. Yep. Also, the web is pointed away from us. Like, that was the whole point of putting it at the L2, right? Yes, because it's on the other side of the sun, right? And if you point it towards us, then you have to point it towards the sun. Which is also not putting good to do. Putting it in the L2... Does not necessarily like it puts it in Earth's shadow, but you still want to keep it pointing in the other direction. Yep. I don't know, man. Well, I'm- all right. Let's let's end on another possibly silly version of science. Sure. So in the Netherlands, yes, there is an underwater camera at a lock. Right. Okay. Every spring, 
thousands of fish swim through this lock, basically waiting to lay their eggs. Okay. The problem is, is they often have to wait at this lock, which seldom opens at this time of year because there's no, you know, ships. Yeah. But the fish still need to get up there to lay their eggs, kind of like salmons, where they have to, you know, travel upstream. Right. So some of the local ecologists have come up with a fish doorbell. Okay. So what does the fish doorbell do? So they've got this webcam underwater. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if you're watching the webcam, the live stream, and you see a fish, uh-huh. they have a little doorbell icon next to it, and you're supposed to click the doorbell icon. You're you're telling the internet to let the fish in. Yes, because... And that cycles the lock. Well, no, there is still a person in there. There is a lock keeper, I guess. Operator. Operator. But the lock operator upon getting this page, knows that there are fish waiting. Yes, and when enough and fish have... open the lock. Yes, he will open this 200-year-old gate by hand to let them through. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I give up. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. There's some element of that that is like, this is such a ridiculously over-engineered concept. There's another part of it where it's like, that's so wholesome and lovely. And there's another part that's like, just let the fish fucking die. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out it's become a thing in the UK since QI tweeted about it this week. Because, of course, you know, as soon as QI gets it, then... Then all of Britain is all over it. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of Twitter... Oh, is this why I can't read any of these tweets? Have you read more than 600 tweets? Well, no, it's just the fact that I literally would have to sign into my Twitter account to actually read. Oh, you're not signed in. No, yeah, I'm not signed in. you can't see anything if you're not signed in anymore. I have to stay signed in if I want to actually yeah. read Twitter. Yeah. Well, I'm not and signing into once Twitter. Once you're signed so. in, once you're signed in, yes. you can only see uh, 600 posts. What? That's it? Per day. Per day. I I swear I have more followers than that. Well, you can't see all of their replies to a post. Unless you're verified. If you're verified, it's like 6,000. I was going to see how many posts I have, but then I would have to log in to actually see that. Yep. This is just a weird-ass decision. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's the question. Is there a cache of... Is there a cache of... Well, of of my Twitter page, so I could see what it was at one point of how many... Oh, probably not. Oh, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Are you looking yourself up on the Internet Archive? Yes, yes, I am. Google's Archive. Google's Archive says I have 400... I'm following 1,435 people on Twitter. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, six... No, Google, stop that. Yes, disregard that stupid phone. But yes, I could probably blow through 600 tweets within an hour or two with the amount of people that I was following on Twitter. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah, so bad. So dumb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, randoms? Sure. It is your random review, sir. I would like to review Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. I feel like that was 
sounds like something an AI would make up as a name. I don't know. So final bar line as like a musical term. That's got to be a musical term, right? Final bar line. Everything I search for is theater rhythm. Like all of it. Can I do not theater rhythm? And it's still all theater rhythm. So is final bar line not a music term? I kind of thought it was. That it was like, it's the final bar at the end of the piece. Okay, so the final bar line, according to onmusic.org, is the form of the double bar line. and has two bars with the second being thicker than the first. It indicates that this is the end of the composition or a movement of the composition. Okay, so it's, it's the, like, this is the, it's the end of line. Yes. Um, so this is the latest entry in the theater rhythm game. And if the title is to be believed, this is the last one. We're like, we're done. Here you go. Now, the theater rhythm Final Fantasy games were uh, handheld games on the DS and 3DS. And so it was all like, tap the screen. It's a rhythm game. And it's like, tap the screen and swipe the screen and all that with Final Fantasy music. Um... Because there's a lot of really good Final Fantasy music. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of really good Final Fantasy music. And so they did that on the DS, and then the 3DS, and now they've released another iteration of this game on the Switch. So, theater, Final Fantasy, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line. And if you like Final Fantasy music, this is a great game. If you don't like Final Fantasy music, <laughs> you're going to hate this. <laughs> If you're okay with Final Fantasy music and you're looking for, like, a fun rhythm game, maybe. I'd say go with, like, Beat Saber instead. Um, although Beat Saber is far more expensive, all things considered, like putting everything together. Than just um, the $49.99 version of this game? Well, like, for all the equipment, you'd have to buy this game and a Switch. Oh, okay. For Beat Saber, you'd have to buy Beat Saber and then... Something to play it on, which you're looking anything for like the Oculus meta quest to like the Valve index to, I don't know, maybe they'll make one for the $3,500 Apple Vision. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I actually um, saw Beat Saber at an arcade the other day. Like actual Beat Saber or knockoff I, Beat Saber? I I don't know. I just saw somebody playing with the VR headset at the arcade, and I saw things, and they were doing up and down swipings and left and right swipings. Okay, that could be Beat Saber. It's a weird thing to put into an arcade. I don't know. Primetime Amusements, uh, Beat Saber Arcade. There you go. Sounds like Beat Saber. Mm -hmm. This is not Beat Saber. This is a rhythm game, like Beat Saber is. Uh, but instead of big cubes flying at you, there's dots that are just scrolling across the screen and you just have to tap when the right dot is in the right position. Or, um, because it's on the switch, it's the, it's like buttons on the controller. So you're not tapping anymore. You're pressing buttons, um, or holding buttons or, uh, using the, the analog stick to swipe quote unquote. Um, mm. It's it's cute. It's wonderful. There are some great songs in there. There's some songs missing. There are some songs that I think should actually go in this, and they left them out, and I was very sad about that. 
There are some songs that they left out and then they brought back because of DLC. Because there's DLC for this. In fact, it's not even all Final Fantasy music. There's like some Chrono Trigger music in there. There's also elements of like an RPG in there where your characters are leveling up as you're doing more stuff, which makes them stronger. But you can absolutely 100% ignore that and still have a great time with this game. I love Final Fantasy music. I went to Final Fantasy concerts because I like Final Fantasy music so much. I've dragged Andy to various video game music because I like Final Fantasy music and other game music. I dragged you all the way out here with your mom. Yep. <laughs> For Video Games Live. Yep. Which was because so random. I was like, why show. are they why are they coming to Kalamazoo? I don't know, but I've got tickets. <laughs> I wonder where that, that show is. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're still performing. It is a very successful uh, concert. Tour dates. They are in China in early September, and they're in Nova Scotia next March. <laughs> uh, we just missed a whole series. January this year, April this year, June this year. And they're like, Historically, all sold out. Wow. I could try and go to Greensboro, North Carolina in March of 2024. <clears throat> Ooh. Uh, all right. Anyway, sorry. Back to back to, to um, final bar line, Final Fantasy theater rhythm. I like it. I like Final Fantasy music. I like the like little kitschy RPG elements of the game. There's a ton of stuff I'm not a huge fan of in the game. Um, there is almost no instruction on the RPG side of it. Like there's there's some good instruction on hey here's how the the game works and the mechanics of the actual levels. Um, but as far as like what that means when you're leveling characters up and why you're leveling up characters and like how you can do things totally not explained. Um, it gets really hard. So if you're looking for various difficulty levels, there are various difficulty levels. Some of these I've actually bumped the, the difficulty up and I'm like, I can't process that that quickly. What? Like I can't, see the things on the screen and translate that into what my hands need to do fast enough. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's what I understood, but you know, you were Mr. DDR. Yep. Are you slowing down in your old age? No, they're making the games go faster. Oh, geez. (laughs) I, I'm still Mr. DDR. Thank you very much. I still can do a lot of what I used to be able to do. I still play Beat Saber, and I can do pretty good at that, but, like, I can't process this fast enough. It's probably for the people, that you know, to post the videos on YouTube of the 100% at whatever speed, and it's probably just pure memorization. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can do this song blindfold. I'm like, well, yeah, because the song doesn't change. Right. You just do it enough, and you'll know it. Yep. So this is this is in that line, the song doesn't change, but damn, it's good music. Okay. So there you go. There's my review. All right. So should we do the random topic? Yes. Rolled ahead of time. 
to kind of take this full circle, the random topic is, what are your love languages with your spouse? I don't remember. There's five of them, right? Depending on which like theory you ascribe to. Well, you know, when you talk about love languages, it was always because of the the one book, which, you know, yep. it's a book to, to skim and not actually dig into because some yeah. of the things he talks about in the book are... So I, I try to tailor my, my love languages to my partner's needs. Because there's, there's what love languages you use to express your love, but there's also what love languages you interpret as love. Yes. So I try to to tailor my actions more towards what my partner sees as receiving love. Yes, that you know, the five basic ones are acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Those were the five basic original ones. Receiving gifts is weird to me. That, hey, people that, are like, hey, I thought of you. Here's this little token that made, you know. Right, but so that's that's how you interpret. Like, that's the action someone else can do. Like, they can... Because I, like, for me, one of the ways that I express my love is by giving gifts. Okay. It, I don't know. It just, this seems very, like, centered on the receiver, right? Like... How do you, how, what things do you interpret as loving gestures? As I said, there's the split between the receiving and the giving, and this seems focused on the receiving. All I know is that both in Kate and I have, I think we did this back during our marriage counseling, or even just more recently, you know, taking the, some of the quizzes online, and most of us are acts of services with each other. So, you know, trying just to go I out mean, of our way to help the other person out, which just seems like normal to me but i guess other people aren't that way i mean you know for for laura it's absolutely the physical touches sorry isaac just had a coughing fit sorry yeah we had both of us were like gifts were like uh i don't think gifts were the big one on ours uh, quality time was also good. But yeah, no, acts of services is where both of Kate and I are at, so... I'm back! Didn't even know you were gone. Oh no, well, I was indeed. Well, it dropped out for a minute. Uh, but so yes, I'm yeah, back! Acts there was of, enough time to say, I think we're done! Yeah, that was pretty much... That was pretty much the answer to that one. What's your love language? Acts of service. It's one of those, cool. you know, random topics that are one and done. Yeah. I don't know... I, I, I have a pretty good coverage of the spectrum, I think, for, for what I interpret and what I'd like to get. All right. Well, I think that's it. Yep. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.